Welcome to the Art of Leadership with Nina Ellison. Join Nina as she explores the underlying value of soft skills in the lives of healthy leaders. Thank you, Barry. And today on the Art of Leadership, I'm so excited to be talking with Mercy Achola, a leader from Nairobi, Kenya. Mercy is a leader of over 20 years in both the, the public and the private sector. And she is the founder of Value Connect Management Consultancy. Last month, I learned that the podcast, The Art of Leadership, was trending in Kenya. And so I reached out to Mercy and asked if she would join me to share some of her thoughts and ideas. And, and thank you, Mercy, for, for joining us today. And thank you for those in Kenya who are listening to this podcast. Karibu. Welcome. Thank you, Nina. I'm really glad to be here with you this morning. And I'm so excited to just be part of adding value to you and to the people that you serve through the Art of Leadership podcast. Wonderful, wonderful. And I, I'm ready just to dive into some, some questions so that those who are listening can get to know some of your thoughts as, as a leader. You have had experience, Mercy, in working in five countries and three continents. And you have seen that self-awareness in a leader is a foundational trait of good leadership, regardless of cultural similarities or cultural differences. Would you share when you learned this idea of the importance of self-awareness in influencing your leadership? Thank you so much, Nina. And uh, yeah, you are correct. Over the years, I've found myself living in five countries and in three continents. Uh, now, let me just start by clarifying that I was born in Kenya, went to school in Kenya, did my university in Kenya. And in fact, I did not get my first passport until I think I was about the age of 23 is when I got my first passport. Uh, and it's only much later that I really got to travel out of, I mean, my first travels were to Uganda and Tanzania, which are neighboring countries. And then later on, as I started working with multinational companies is when now I got my exposure to traveling the world. But a lot of things were very consistent, which I didn't get to know about until much later in my life when I had my first real experience experience working with a coach is whereby I realized that I had this cycle of whenever I wanted something, whether it was my school grade, whether it was about delivering a top-notch presentation uh, for my employer, for my clients, I always went back inside of me. Sometimes I would visualize it. Sometimes I'd wake up in the night with uh, aha moment, and then I would deliver. And when I went through the coaching process is when I discovered, yes, the answers lie inside of me, but because I'd never done coaching before, every time I needed to tap into those answers inside of me, I was like almost in a crisis mode, you know? I'm, I'm being yes. pushed to the wall for that to happen. But through the coaching process, I now discovered I had been doing this all my life, but I could never consciously, intentionally repeat the process. 
And so the coaching opened me to that. And first of all, I'd call my real encounter with self-awareness. And I can tell you, Nina, by the time I was doing that, I was already running my business. I was helping Kenyan business people to find export markets outside the country. And I asked myself, if this is it, how can I help these clients of mine to have this experience for themselves? So my self-awareness journey began consciously, let me say consciously, but then I also wanted to have the influence of that to my clients and to the people that I was serving. The thing that struck me, as you were talking about as a 23-year-old getting your first passport and the work that you did as a young leader, to me, this is where the, the, the opportunity lies for everyone is to realize that self-awareness doesn't just naturally show up when you hit a certain age. There might be some movement t- towards that. But for you, you you shared it so clearly that it was after you got your own company that it really came to life, this ability to understand self-awareness and then how you helped other people um, in self-awareness. So you're, you're so right. And for us to assume that we're going to naturally be someone who is self-aware is false. Absolutely, Nina. In fact, what I would relate that to is, you know, the bamboo story. Where, where the seed is planted and like for 15 years, nothing happens or whatever period that is, I can't yes. quite recall. And for me, that seed of being an influencer, someone growing in leadership, I can say those years before I started my company were my years of germination. Mm-hmm. I was still growing beneath the ground. As you rightly put it, I was one way or the other, investing in myself directly, but also the companies that I worked for over the years were kind to me because I got exposed um, to this kind of self and personal development. I remember doing with many of my employers, I remember being taken through uh, the personality assessment test, different types of that. And more often than not, unfortunately, then, I would be told this is my personality, but nobody ever went beyond telling me what I could do with my personality. So yes, I was self-aware. This is the personality I represent. But no one told me what I could do with it. Yes. To me, self-awareness comes as we become conscious of every choice that we make that then influences the path we take. And thank you so much for sharing, Mercy, of the years when you were becoming ever more conscious that you could go within to deliver what you were seeking. And and the fact that you recognized early on that this heightened awareness only came during times of crisis rather than an intentional journey of choices that could be strengthened with a process. But you learned that part through a coach who knew how to ask questions that helps you to discover this conscious process that you could learn to ask yourself the right questions and to pursue this not only for your own self-awareness, but now how to help others. When I hear your story and your thoughts on this, it confirms in me on so many levels that we need each other. I'd like to ask another question as, as we look at this idea of soft skills. 
And I know this podcast is dedicated to the idea of soft skills, acknowledging that they are some of the hardest skills a leader will ever learn. You know, as I think about soft skills, I know they're also called interpersonal skills. They're, they're called career skills, character traits. There's so many names, but my question for you, I know you're a skilled communicator, a skilled connector in what you do. Share with me how these skills have played a role in your life. I know in the arts of leadership, you call them soft skills. My perspective, I call them essential skills. And why do I say essential? This came about because of this community of business people I was working with. A lot of them in manufacturing and wanting to export their goods and services to other markets outside of Kenya. And every time I organized a trade mission and I put them in front of an investor, I would come and say, okay, I'm gonna take you to meet with Nina. But I would realize in that process, this person was not ready to be in a session with Nina. They could not sell themselves. They could not pitch. They could not have a conversation where they could communicate right within the short time that there was for such engagement. And most importantly, it did not matter how good a product they had, how good a service they had, but if communication was a challenge for them, they were going nowhere. And so it boiled back to being, for me, an essential skill. It's like a foundation. You know, you're putting up a house for that product, for that business. And coming back to your question, Nina, this is something that goes beyond borders. It's, it's not something for Kenya. It's not something for the U.S. I've lived in Dubai. I've lived in Mozambique. I've lived in Switzerland. These are things I have seen that are needed by every leader, by every person in that space. And also the reason for that, because you and I talked about it just before we started recording this podcast. You may say you have technical skills. You're a medic, you're an IT expert, you're an auditor, you're a financial accountant. That is good. Those are technical skills. And they will work well and serve you well when you're beginning your career. And why is that? Because at the start of your career, you're probably reporting or working in a team. You're just part of the team. You're what I'd call a follower. But as you continue to progress and you're rising the ranks in your career, a time comes whereby if you want to break that glass ceiling, to get to the sky, you will need to now influence people. And for you to influence people, you need this essential skill. Because at that level, from a certain point of your growth, it is no longer about the technical skill set that you know. Yes. Yes. To do this. You gave the example of the bamboo. I'm going to tell you the example of the baobab tree. Yes. <laughs> where the roots represent the same uh, growth as yes. the limbs above. So the more that we go deeper into ourselves, the yes. higher the limbs of the baobab tree grow upward. Yes. So certainly And you know that baobab tree, because I know you grew up, uh, you were born in Africa, in Kenya to be specific, Nina. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, during the dry season, the baobab tree actually provides 
nutrients and nourishment for animals um, in the wild, in the savannah. So when everything else has dried up in the savannah, the baobab tree is a source of nourishment. And so what a wonderful analogy there that even the kind of leadership we want to influence, to see people grow, we want them to be like a baobab tree so that they can provide nourishment, leadership and visionary leadership for the teams they work with and to impact the communities that they live in. Yes, I love that illustration. Thank you for joining us today with part one with Mercy Achola, as she has shared her perspective on self-awareness and the leadership of soft skills, or as she calls them, essential skills. I look forward to you joining us in part two, where Mercy spends some time talking about her role as a woman in leadership and particularly a mentor of women. And then also, as she and I talk a little bit of growing up, hearing the wisdom of African Proverbs. Thanks again for joining us. And as always, you can reach me at www.healthyleadership.online. <laughs>